You're listening to the Falcon Podcast. I'm Lady Northampton, and with my husband, Lord Northampton, we have reimagined an old coaching inn here at Castle Ashby and have created a country retreat for those in need of rest and renewal. In this first series, we talk to six key contributors who have been an integral part of bringing the Falcon together. In this episode, I speak to Louisa Cannon from La Ava, where she details the origins of her units of well-being. The body wash, shampoo, and conditioners can be found in all of our bathrooms. I would love to ask you how you developed your amazing sort of pieces, pieces of work, (laughs) (laughs) bottles of specialities. So as you know, I think, Tracy, it's been a really organic journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, if you told me a handful of years ago that this would be sitting here, having this conversation uh, about self-care products that we've created. I mean, I I just, Mm. quite often it still floors me a little bit. Um, So I think the story goes, so in previous life, I used to be a clinical psychologist. I trained in my early 20s, specialised in adolescent mental health. Um, and I worked for, you know, over a decade um, from schools. I worked a lot with children with autism in my earlier career, and that's where a lot of my fascination with the senses began. Um, And then I ended up in sort of working in inpatient units and eventually Mm. in the forensic sector. And I don't know, again, I think we've spoken about it, but my experience of working on the front line of mental health, I feel very fortunate to have had that time. I got so much out of it and and, uh, it meant a lot and and it still does. But it can be quite hardcore at times and particularly when Samson and Electra my two were really little I definitely found the need to start sort of um just needed something to I used to call it to mediate the impact you know just something softer um and I got into soap making very trial and error everything along this course has basically been trial and error in capitals (laughs) and uh how did you do how did you do that how did you come about to make the soaps then well so and when did you find the time after the end like there was long (laughs) tiring days coming out of the the hospital settings and so I think the 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 nugget of inspiration was basically I had one of my very very closest friends uh, who lives back in Greece Evagilia uh, so we grew up together and she's a harpist and she lives on the outskirts of Athens and lives a very self-sustainable life. And I remember it's 15 years ago uh, when I was visiting her and she she put, she put we were in her larder for some reason and she pulled out this tray and I actually have it. It's almost a bit like traumatic memories, yes, but not yes. the opposite. Yeah. Like I just remember in slow motion this tray of Ilang Ilang cream soap being pulled out. And the smell no. and the look of I'm it. I'm there, I'm there. I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, she just pulled it out. And I had never thought about soap. I'd never thought Goodness. about it. I just thought that's so beautiful, the pureness of it. And it was roughly cut. And 
there we are and thus started a whole conversation about it and I came back um, to to England after a long summer in Greece um, I didn't I didn't know that did about, you know about it? yeah it's starting that way so it just real, started, innocent, real innocence really. a real innocence a real yeah. and, and just I used the soap for that month when I was out there and I just loved everything about it and we started speaking in the same way when you meet a friend or someone mm. and an interesting topic that you haven't covered before so I was like how do you make soap <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have the faintest clue and then I loved you know that idea of working with oils and with your hands mm-hmm. and so when I came back to the UK, I, I, I got a couple of books and I ordered some oils. And I think in terms of the finding of the time, you know, sometimes you do find it. Actually, even when you're really busy, and I've often thought, you know, with life, life's quite complex. And if you can in busy times, remove layers, do. But sometimes you can't. And definitely at that point in time, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't take out any of my working life and I couldn't take the mother hat Mm. off. So I think sometimes if you can't take away, you should add more. Um, But add goodness, add add what basically resources you. And Mm. I think that soap became something that I did a bit like a mad woman at about 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) Everyone would go to bed and I would get my oils out (laughs) and feel very, I don't know, sort of connected. And I I remember... um, uh, It's got a real witchy feel like to that. It was. And it was just... You're mixing your lotions and That was it. That was it. And they were, you know, it was exactly it. And I was... So remember someone saying to me, a um, close family friend once saying, you know, when you do something that's quite cerebral, mm-hmm. you can be very top heavy. Oh, and I completely, I completely relate agree. to that. You know, you mm-hmm. can feel like a little bit like your body is this moving vehicle, but basically just carrying around your thoughts. And there's one thing that I think sometimes when you are using your hands, yes. you lower your 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 centre of gravity. Mm-hmm. And that's how I experienced it. I experienced the doing and the making, actually very calming and kind yeah. of quite... And a wonderful way of coming out of the head and yeah. the thinking and the thoughts and, and that heaviness sometimes when yeah. we're too much there, which we have to be in the world of psychology and mental yes, health. absolutely. To then come down and just yeah. to be... Oof, Totally, and, and and it's that yeah, it's the, motion, it's the doing. Yeah. I and definitely since then, I mean, it's been such a learning curve. The doing, which is really not about anything, any particular outcome, because I know, it, well, unbeknown to me, obviously, I I didn't know this journey would materialize. So I wasn't really making to create anything fantastic. In fact, the first oaks were just a total disaster. You know, they they really were. They they were slop. I mean, they weren't like the beautiful Lang Lang soap. <laughs> You know, I was like, what's wrong with my soaps? Um, But, uh, you know, they did, over the course of time, improve after their terrible start in life. And uh, I ended up assessing them cosmetically for no particular reason, but because it was the next thing to do. Then I started selling in markets on weekends. And I just loved that. I just loved the informality of it. I loved the interaction between a customer and you and also again interaction that wasn't around unwellness which was a lot of my kind of work conversations and it was I was okay about whether someone liked the soap or didn't like it yeah. and but everyone has something to say about yeah. soap everyone will say where was where were the markets you 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 
Yeah. So, right. so just in, in, in Oxford initially, okay. our yeah. local markets, yeah. and then eventually I went to... Uh, I'd, I'd do every Sunday in Spitalfields. I'd, I'd, I'd um, pile my little Fiat Panda up Fantastic. to the top with Fantastic. my soaps and drive at 5.30 in the morning Amazing. down to yeah. Spitalfields. Wonderful. And in my dungarees, without a doctor title, yeah, you know, yeah. without all of that, and just actually freedom, yeah. you know, yeah. in, in my 30s and... I, yeah, I cherish that. I, I, I wouldn't. I've, I've, I've been there. I've done it, yeah. and I loved it. But I wouldn't do it again because it's also really quite. Yeah. Um, but was that sort of that? So that was the part of the journey then, in terms of you thinking, well, I'm really loving this. I am enjoying this, and this is something I could do. You know, instead of yeah. working. I think it happened in the hospitals. <laughs> Do you know what? It was such a slow process. That took years to crystallise, I think, mm. as a clear thought. I think initially yeah. it started off because, um, you know, you can also very much, we just speak about it quite regularly, mm. you can love what you do. Yeah. But, um, and also I think this whole new hat of soap and even Leva in the early days was so surreal almost that... You definitely, or I, I still have, you know, those imposter feelings mm-hmm. that you think. Yeah, it's certainly taken a while to gain that almost personal validity. Yeah. And, but I think it just kept on, soap opened the door to these other products. I think what soap just stuck, you know, it just stuck. And I just began to realise the threads and the links, which I couldn't see initially, because what began as a hobby in terms of making ended up being more than that. And then I began to sort of realise that we were still talking about the continuum of well-being. Mm-hmm. And, and the difference was that I was sliding down from one extreme, you know, of well-being or, un- or lack of well-being, you know, mm-hmm. of unwellness to um the other side of the spectrum which was about wellness but yeah. in about in, in in very small ways you know the yeah. act of self-care the rituals that we have in daily and life so important so what, important how Absolutely. we nurture yeah. ourselves what, yeah. how you wash the day off yeah. how you how you nurture this you know mm. kind of membrane between your external yeah. world and your internal world and I and and then I think I began to kind of almost develop the language for that and yeah. that's when I think it began it began to be more interesting you know and I could almost I could feel that I had something that I wanted to say yeah. but frankly Leva um, even post soaps um, so I opened doors in 2017 mm-hmm. And I say open doors, never has there been a quieter opening of a door. Basically, it was, um, I had a wash and a lotion, yeah. a holding page that yeah. I'd designed, um, a name, you know, and, and, and that was it, and an Instagram handle. And But I opened with a lot of, yeah, sort of passion and love for this and zero expectation, mm. which I think is why I'm constantly grateful I am very grateful and very surprised you know you you end up moderating those feelings over the course of time Mm. and it's become more integrated into my life I guess you develop you you've got a you've got a studio in Woodstock haven't you which Spenny and I have been to I think we've been there a couple of times yeah and that, that that's such a it's such a beautiful setting there and I remember you introduced us to 
Rosie. Rosie, wonderful artist, Rosie. Uh, that's right. And so I, I was really struck by, and every time I look at the bottles and your products, yeah. I, it's it's her artwork on it the is. on the material, isn't it? But Rosie took one one of the studios um, at the time when I was still making soap. So she's has become a very good friend. And aside to that, is such a beautiful artist and soul. Um, when I was really thinking about Laeva and everything that I was trying to capture and convey, I was trying to think about how do you interpret a feeling. Quite mm-hmm. Laeva language has ended up being a, a scent and a sentiment, mm-hmm. and and I was trying to think how you portray that. Um, and Rosie's art, which is very textural, it's very ethereal, kept on coming to mind. And one thing brought the next and we ended up having a conversation, then started photographing. We sat for hours looking at hundreds of photos of paint textures mm. and smelling essential oils. And then, you know, over the course of a summer, you know, roseum came together and then blue came together and then spice did. But I think in part it's also nodding to that idea of um, beauty in the detail. Mm-hmm. It's not always about the end painting of life. Yeah. It's about little moments. And that's yeah. how I also think about rituals of well-being, you know. It's a little, it feeds in a little bit. To, I'm thinking of Igana Gali's work here, yeah. right? So what we've done, we've taken elements of that painting and her painting in the restaurant as well. And we've we've used b- b- pieces from that and Absolutely. put that on the um, Do Not Disturb. Yeah, I love that. Pieces on the door and, totally. and, and on other and menus and things like that. So at the moment, um, currently with Lever, we've got four core scents. Um, although there are a few things in the pipeline that I will tell you at another podcast. Good. So we're closer <laughs> to the time. Um, but uh, so, so, and each of them came, I mean, uh, you know, came from a series of associations with different scents. So Roseum, which is um, all the washes that you have in, mm-hmm. in the rooms and in the bathrooms, yeah. Yeah. which is a beautiful layered combination of rose geranium and then pettigrain, mm-hmm. which is from the bark of citrus trees and clove. So that, that personally, and I don't speak mm-hmm. about the scents very often or my association with them because actually part of what I love is mm-hmm. people building their own association, their own yeah. story. Yeah. But in the end, um, you know, yeah, they do come from somewhere. And so for me, that was... Um, that was my honeymoon, sort of. That was that's that was in ca- capturing. Um, we went to Istanbul for my honeymoon, and I was Beautiful. quite pregnant. <laughs> Just share that. Yes. <laughs> so it was uh, one of those moments in time. But I think it was. I was newly wed. I was, you know about to be a mum and there was romance and softness and and there were all these um you know ro- we, we drank a lot of rose tea and um you know the the scent of cardamom and of clove mm-hmm. and the cinnamon is just omnipresent as you walk through yeah, the sort yeah. of uh, little yeah. kind of um, oh gosh that's that's roads. beautiful i'm there yeah and I'm the, there, the, and the market that sort of somehow 
found its way, you know, into what is nowadays Rosem. It's a very yeah. uplifting scent. It's quite romantic. Mm. And yet there's a spicy undertone yeah. Yeah. of complexity, yeah. which I think probably captures that time in life as well. Yeah. And blue was very different. Blue, that was a bit wilder from my early 20s. <laughs> I'll come back to that story sometime. But, next, uh, podcast. Next, uh, next podcast. <laughs> no, no, it was just, you know, early 20s, free camping on a little sort of Mediterranean island. It was very hippie, you know, all I can... Um, I like that time. Yeah, yeah, I love that time. <laughs> There's a beauty to it. So yeah. it's got, you know, a combination scent-wise. There's cedarwood and chamomile and... Um, it sounds like this... Um, this sort of sensory, you know, kind of tactile way of you experiencing the world, it's always been there for you then, hasn't it? You tell the story around it. It's like, you know, this is just inherently part of who so. you maybe, are. Maybe, maybe. more. I've only kind of really looked at that retrospectively and, mm. you know, in recent times. Right. Um, and I'm not someone who's very often specific on the detail and particularly with memory. Um, yeah, all our sense... We work on in the studio um, and and using perfumery principles. Where do you source the um, the the products then? What certification means, particularly organic certification, is that every ingredient is traced back to source. Yeah, and every ingredient has to come from an organically certified yeah. farm. Yeah. so yeah. they're made in, in this country. Yeah, in, in, yeah. So in our England, farm yeah. is based in Staffordshire. Okay. Um, and and it's a family-run farm, mm-hmm. and it just ticked a lot of my boxes. You've also been really, you've been loyal to the to the glass and to the bottle, <laughs> haven't you? You stayed steady on that, haven't you? I have. I really want to ask you about yeah. right is is the the connective sound you have mentioned mm. if I remember rightly how you you do bring in sound and is it gong bath sound or mm-hmm. you do it because we are definitely we're going to going to be doing gong baths here love it and um have you sound and um, we, we've got a, a, yeah. a couple of local ladies who We've experienced it. Both of them are really, really good. Wonderful. And um, yeah, I just wondered about that because because it's all you know. You've got the you've got the the touch. You've got the the yeah. fragrance, and and then you know the sound coming through. That is just another layer. Yeah. So I discovered the gong bath when I was um, studying Kundalini yoga. I was doing my teacher training with Gurumukh um, in 2016, 2017. And at the end of these yoga sessions, Mm -hmm. the kundalini teacher would take this huge sphere, this huge gong, like this huge symbol, Mm -hmm. and we would, you know, kind of sit in an easy pose, or you'd be in corpse pose, lying on the mat, and you would kind of go on this journey for about 20 minutes, half an hour. Sometimes it was five minutes, and it actually felt... is is, is, it's not just hitting them. I mean, it's kind of quite... It's totally. It's very trance-like, totally. and um, it's sort of um, you know connecting him to that clearing the mind and going into the body and just it is more than a relaxation. It's more. It is. It's above and beyond the meditation. The meditation and on it goes. Well, one of the 
few people that have also been and had a, a gong bath in our studio. Yes, yes, Benny and I did. We did. So you did. We had this wonderful lady, <laughs> and she she kind of she brought her her kind of gong in, didn't she? I and did. we had had um, that's right, Louisa. You yes, did, yes, didn't you? We had these um, beautiful oils and massages on the hands and feet, and then we we were completely. You blessed were. to then experience the gombas, which then took us into that sort of deeper meditation. So I really hope some of our guests here will experience, you know, kind of having a gombas and having a bath in their room with well, we, can, we, we can explore yeah. everything. The possibilities are endless now, having a setting like this. Mm-hmm. No, like I say, totally honoured and mm. looking at them in space. They do look like they belong and... And I um, really do. Thank you so much, Louisa. Well, thank you. Uh, It's an absolute joy. My name's Richard Aftel, and I'm the nature advisor to the Falcon Hotel. The natural world is, is very much at the heart of, you know, the Falcon and what it stands for and its values. And I think that's why Lord and Lady Northampton have asked me to advise on nature and how we can make sure it's central to everything that happens here. And perhaps in particular, how the guests at the hotel can understand the natural world around them and get to see as much of it as possible. So here are a few of my thoughts on what you might want to look out for and what you might enjoy during your stay. And the garden that Gavin's created and looks after so carefully is wonderful for people. It's wonderful to walk around and enjoy the beautiful sights and and indeed uh, smells of of the garden. It's also wonderful for nature. Um, Not only are the gardens full of of bees that are feeding on the lavender, but actually as well very good for things like amphibians, newts and frogs and toads. You might just catch sight of one crossing the lawn in the evening. Or if you go out to the front of the hotel, where there's salvia and verbenum, uh, you can find various kinds of butterfly, most times of year, obviously not the middle of winter, but small tortoiseshell, large white, red admiral, uh, well worth looking for. The music you hear in this podcast is by Jai Utal and Ben Lineback. The podcast is produced by Gaisley Social. And for more information on the Falcon and its contributors, please head to the show notes.